gonna rock the shade Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Chris Beard. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
But then you want to start a fight Talking crazy in a kind of way Every single night and day If that's the way you want to play, baby Let the chips fall And all hell starts breaking loose Throwing tantrums and having fits Even throwing shoes If that's the way you want to play Beard from his brand new release, and we got Chris on the line right now. Hey, Chris, how you been? Hey, Richard, I've been great, man. I've been looking forward to this interview. They told me, said this guy named Richard uh, wants to do an interview. With. I said, well, wait a minute, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, we do go back a little ways. It goes, yeah, yeah, a long ways. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. now you've been on the show before, and. We always start things off by giving our fans the opportunity to get to know who you are, both as an artist and also as a um, as a person. And the best way to do that is your journey, how you got to where you are today. So give us a story of Chris Beard. Oh, man. Well, Chris Beard uh, started and born in the House of the Blues. And, uh, you know saying that I mentioned my dad Joe Beard and I uh, grew up listening to some light muddy waters lightning Hopkins Sun House uh, Howlin' Wolf Johnny Lee Hooker the old school stuff uh, and uh, started playing when I was five and as I was growing up in the house of the blues my dad uh, was associated with people such as uh, Buddy Guy, B.B. King, Albert Albert Collins, Albert King, Luther Allison, Matt Guitar Murphy, and I had a chance to 
be a willing pupil, you know, at the knee of these guys, man. You know, uh, they taught me a lot. I watched a lot. I listened a lot. Um, and, you know, they taught me a lot of stuff about the guitar. Um, and like I said, I was a willing pupil, and, and I still am, even to this day. You know, and I and try to remember, you know, sometimes as a guitar player, you know, you get to playing for years and, you know, you had that old speed thing going and trying to see how fast you can play. But you need to remember, I know for me, it was important to, for me to remember why I began playing this beautiful music they call the blues anyway, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and not to get too far away from it, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I remember, you know, you, you've been doing this a long time. It's It's got to be a good uh, 20 years or more um, since I... Yeah. It's probably going back to the early 90s when I saw... Yeah, for, yeah, my first CD was released in 98 or something like that, or something like that. Yeah, and you uh, played Paula Jeans. Yeah, I remember you played Paula Jeans in uh, in Long Island, in Stony Brook, way back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're telling my age, man. You're telling my age. Stop <laughs> well, that. Yeah, I'm right along there with you. <laughs> so, but, now... Uh, Okay, now let's talk no, about the uh, the new release. Um, when you were putting this together, tell me a little bit about what was the inspiration for this release. Oh man, um, that inspiration, that release is a, a compilation of uh, many songs that I had done through the years in the studio and. Um, you know, then I done something with other artists like Kenny Neal. Uh, I went to Baton Rouge and the son I never knew um, was done in Baton Rouge and Kenny Neal's studio with him and his brothers backing me up. Kenny Neal was playing rhythm guitar for me, you know. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was a great opportunity. But with this CD, I wanted to... Uh, Pass It On Down, which is the title cut. And for me, on all my CDs, I try to put my dad on there somewhere, either guitar and singing or either both. And um, But this time, I wanted to kind of shine the spotlight on where I came from and that he passed it on down to me. But at the same time, I didn't want to take away from who I am and the style that I am today, you know, um, so, you know, you know, that's what that was all about with, with putting the CD together, you know, still wanted to recognize the blues, where it came from and who passed it down to me, but at the same time, not taken away from who Chris Beard is and the style of Chris Beard, you know, um, yeah. Okay. So that's what I... Yeah, that's what I really had in mind. We're doing this CD, you know. Now, when you um, sit down to begin that process of writing the songs, um, tell me a little bit about what inspires you. What 
what gets the muse going when you start writing? Well, the thing is, is um, it could be something that uh, happened in my life. Um, you know, it could be a relationship or, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Or, you know, it could be um, something, you know, a situation in life or what's going on in the world today. Um, when I sit down with my pen and start the writing, um, you know, so as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about the songs, you know. Um, I mean, you know, and there's something like, for instance, like, Who Do You Think You're Fooling, which is one of the songs. You know, it has to do with uh, a guy and a woman in love and how she trying to fool him and he letting her know that you ain't fooling me. Who do you think you're fooling, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so everything don't always have to be serious. You know, it, it, you know what I mean. It can be serious, but then it can be humorous because uh, some of the things about like because when you write a song, you're, you're looking at when you're writing a song and you're putting yourself into that song, into that character in that song. You're also looking at having people to relate to it when they hear it. You know what I mean? Um, you know what I mean? They can really understand where you're coming from when you say sing that song. You know, um, and I have another song on there called "Big Girl" with a little dress on. That that song was a inspiration for not just uh, uh, heavy set of fat women, but also tall women. So I try to have something uh, when I did that song is that all women can relate to that song. Uh, you know, because it's real easy for you know um, you know we can point out a certain type of person or something that we sing about some there's sometimes there are some people that are left out <laughs> you know what I mean so it's all, all about uh just covering covering all bases with uh so everybody can relate to the songs that I do um yeah okay well you know uh songwriters have uh kind of embraced a lot of the technology today as tools that they use whether it's a cell phone or a home recording studio what what are some right. of the tools you have found to be kind of um indispensable to you as a writer that technology has brought us um like for instance with the um acid on down um that song when i did that song because i just had a cd release party and so when we talk about passing on down, when we recorded that song in the studio, you know, um, my dad came in and he played his licks to the music. And then, you know, then I also played my licks. But the, with the technology in the studio, we were able to make it seem like he was sitting right across from me when we were playing the guitar licks, you know, uh, because... You know, before we we had this uh, CD release party, I had to sit down with my dad. <laughs> you know, I said, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he's a little older, but you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, okay. So when we, you remember when we went into the studio, we just had you do the licks and then they matched it all up. I said, okay, but this is how we got to do it live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I point out to you, you know, when your licks come in and, and all of that stuff like that. And for him, that's different because he's old school. You know what I mean? Uh, he's old school. And uh, so 
there's a lot in technology, but I try to do um, as natural as I possibly can. You know, any little things like that with doing that song, technology was able, was able to help me, but I try to do all, everything as much alive as I possibly can in the studio um, to get that live feel. You know, um, and perfectionist when it comes to that. You know, with the playing and and just everything. You know, and then sometimes being an artist and being in the studio, you can like really you're your worst critic. You, you know, you know what I'm saying. I can do it. I can do it a hundred times and and not be happy. But then at some point, I gotta stop because <laughs> it's probably good enough. But I'd be like, nah, nah, let me do it again, let me do it again, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, being getting the most natural effect that I possibly can get out of it. Um, because for me, Richard, I like to be able to duplicate live what people hear on that CD. Right. You know, which is really important to me. Um, you know, I, I can't always have horns, um, but the horns are available if the finances are available. Like, when I did my CD release parties, it's, it's like, uh, I had horns. I had female background singers. You know what I mean? Everything. Because I wanted it to be as much like the record, live as possible. You know, because I'm, especially at the CD release, I'm trying to sell product right dead, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and my first set consisted of nothing but the CD. Nothing. Not, no extra tunes or nothing. Just all of the CD from top to bottom. You know, um, so I mean, you know, and it's like my announcement to the people, this this first set that we're going to do is like totally all all the first CD. And then when I and then, you know, I did some more stuff because it was my CD release party, so it lasted for a while, you know, from like 8 to 10.30. But, you know, it really didn't take that. But by the time I kept, you know, I gave some solos and spot, you know, spotlighted certain people in the band, we had had a good 90 minutes. But that brought me to doing every song in its entirety and more, you know, doing that first set, you know, um, and people loved it. People loved it, and then they everybody lined up to buy the CD, take it home. So, okay. Yeah. Now, um, let me ask you this: um, one of the big buzzwords in the industry right now is artificial intelligence. Uh, it's all over the news because, of, of course, the writers' strike and the actors' strike, uh, and there are a lot of AI tools out there that are available for musicians and songwriters that help you write lyrics, that helps you write uh, chord progressions, melodies, even orchestrations. What do you think they these tools are going to affect the industry as we move forward? Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it, it, it can't do. It can't hurt. Um, uh, make it better. But see, my whole thing is, um, I need to be able to duplicate it. And if I can duplicate it on stage, uh, then I'm all for it. You know, um, and if it's not a difficult task to do so, um, you know, because traveling and touring on the road, you know, with a band, that's one thing. But then trying to add something else into the picture uh, to do, you know, uh, I would have to see. I would have to see how that would benefit me. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to send a record out there 
and the record sound in one way, but then I'm not able to duplicate it in, in a live show. You know, um, so it's it's, it's 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 just all about as Luther Allison would say, leave the ego, play the music, and love the people. So I need to be able to duplicate the music that people are hearing. You know, um, and I want them to be happy with my show and pretty much say that it was just like the record or even better. Okay. You know? Well, you know, um, one of the things I think uh, that trips up a lot of young songwriters is uh, when you actually have to stop the writing process and put the pen down. Um what do you do to determine when a song is ready to move to that next phase, to move into the production phase where you give it to the band and the producer uh, and let them kind of put their fingerprints on it? What What's your quantifier? Okay, so this is how I do it in most of the cases. Uh, it depends. I could have the music first or I could have the lyrics first. And then I could have the lyrics and then create the music. And what I do is, see, I always try to associate myself, Richard, with musicians that are better than me. Okay, technology-wise, musically, and everything, so that I can learn. I have a cousin that's a hell of a musician. I mean, with the keyboards. He can do a whole show by himself. But when I go in, to the studio already got the bass line in my head. You know what I mean? Or I can show him the bass line on the guitar. Uh, when I want to add horns, I got the horn lines in my head. Because I don't read charts and write charts with horns. I just hear it in my head on what I want it to be. Right. So then I, you know, so I go to my cousin, I say, okay, I want the bass like this. And then, so then we'll put the drum machine to it. And I put all of that together. And then I had to form a song all together. So then I take that, after I put that form down of the song and how the song should be musically, then I take it to the band and say, okay, here it is. And then when they put their feel, their human feel to it, that changes it you know, to another dimension, you know, but that's what it's like for me um, because it's, it's easier for me to sit down. I mean, I'll take inspiration from any band member on any thoughts and ideas that they may have, but the beginning process just mainly begins in my head. And and then, uh, like, the horn, and you know, and I'll have this in my head, you know what I mean? And then even with the horn players, I'll tell them that, you know what I mean? And then they'll duplicate what what came out my mouth, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you know, getting the song written is, is kind of half the, the battle, but going into the studio and getting that sound, the... You know, putting the meat on the bones, so to speak. Uh, and every artist has their way of working in that environment to get the sound they're looking for. What do you do when you get in the studio that helps you get your sound, the one you like, you know, that identifies you? Well, first of all, we'll, we'll play the song the way that I laid it down already before I come in there. And then as, as I'm in the studio, then I'll get a feeling. 
I mean, because the feeling comes when you get the live musicians in there and you start playing. Then the then the wheels start turning, and then and then you get this thought, you know, in your head on how you want some more stuff to go, or what would be a great idea for this musician to do, you know. Uh, and 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 for me, with the guitar, you know, I, I lay everything else down first, and then it'll come to me. Uh, but because the music comes, once the music comes, then my guitar gonna come, and then I will practice. I'll take that at home with me, and I'll practice my guitar licks note for note what I'm thinking in my head and what I'm feeling. So then, what happens is I'll do the record and see. It's funny you said that because once I do the record and that record is out and it's shipped to you, guess what? Guess what? Chris Beard got to do. Chris Beard got to go back and listen to every damn tune that he recorded, go over the lyrics, and go over those guitar licks. Because, see, when I do guitar licks, I work with a keyboard player. Mm -hmm. You know, I work with a keyboard player for my solos. I work with a horn player because it's all about me trying to learn more notes from the piano and from the horn and, and and transpose them to my guitar. So what what happens then that changes somewhat of my style or the licks that I've already known and it brings it to a new a new place in my music. So it adds more to my vocabulary as a guitar player. You know what I mean? Because I'm adding I'm adding some keyboard licks. I sit down with the keyboard player and he'll listen to the song and he'll say, well, do this, do that, and then I'll do that. And then I'll add some more onto it. So that, that changes the dimension of, uh, of, of, and the vocabulary of my playing. Okay. Because I remember Buddy, Buddy Guy used to say, he used to listen to horn players when he played. You know, he wanted he wanted to do like B did with the shake and shaking his hand thing, but he couldn't do that. So so he came up with listening to horn players and and the sounds that they made and transposing it into the guitar, you know. Was same for me. Okay. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about the lineup on this. Who's who's playing on this with you? Oh uh, man, I got some of the greatest musicians. Um, in the city, besides the Neil brothers, but you know, I got some of the greatest musicians here in the city, city I, that I've been knowing for years. Um, I got a rhythm guitar player, my brother Will, Will, brother Wilson, who played with the OJs and and the Hal Melvin and the Blue Notes on rhythm guitar. I got Marvin Parker, who's also um, done some of that stuff with a lot of R&B stuff like that. Um, I got the Campbell. You familiar with the Camel Brothers, right? Yeah. Well, uh, Phil Campbell um, is playing rhythm guitar on some tunes. Uh, his son, Carlton Campbell, he's playing drums, just drums on just on everything. He's a monster, you know. Um, so I think I got some of the best and the finest musicians on these record, this record that I got. Um, and then, uh, so, which brings me to uh, when it goes to touring, that I have to find somebody 
that can duplicate this sound that is just as good as the people that are on my product. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. So it, I got some fine, upstanding musicians, real professionals uh, on this on this record, and these guys that really are serious about their craft and, and, and playing their craft when it comes to the music. Now, um, you're working with Betsy Brown from Blind Raccoon to kind of get um, um, your the word out. Um, tell me a little bit about that relationship. Well, I know Betsy. Me and Betsy have known each other for years. I mean, I met their Betsy, I believe, is with uh, when I was with Northern Blues. Um, and back then, you know, things were a little different back in 2005, you know, the industry, period. But I know that with working with Betsy, it was one of the best experiences I've had with uh, working with publicists and promotional people. Um, she was really good at um, really getting the word out, getting the word out to the cities before I get there. Back then, it was newspapers and, you know, stuff like that. It was like, it was really, you know, she promoted the hell out of the, the record that I did and my shows before I get there. Today, it's a little different because things, you know, everything's so digital and things have changed so much in the industry. She's still very good with um, with social media and all of that stuff. Um, and she, and, and she, she knows her job. She has great connections in the industry. She gets, gets the word out there. I get playlists all the time. Um, and my record's out there. It's being heard. Um, and I have a great respect for her. And, and Sally, my partner, mm-hmm. um, they they do a great, a fantastic job, and together, and together we we're gonna make this thing happen, Richard. You know, because I got my own team too. I got my own social media team. I got my management, um, and all of that. So, um, okay, yeah. Now yeah. you've been in the industry a long time. You know, as as we had mentioned earlier in the interview, um, what do you see as being the biggest? hurdle for you right now um, in the music industry as an independent artist? Well, the biggest hurdle that I see right now because, you know, we're looking at, well, let me just say, you know, we, we went through this whole pandemic thing. And this is the understanding that I come to is that depending on where you were in your career, before the pandemic come will depend on how hard your struggle's gonna be to come back after the pandemic. So, you know what I mean? So, I mean, everybody suffered, all artists suffered, but depending on where you were before the pandemic will depend on how hard your struggle's gonna be. So, you know, so, you know, so we looking at now where so many venues have closed. Forty percent of venues and festivals have shut down and closed. And maybe a little bit more with the venues. So you know now you know it was a time that you know you know yourself. It was a time that we could tour uh, all week, all week. You know now 
You know, it's only certain parts of the countries you can find weeknight gigs, and you can get out here and maybe do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's a struggle uh, just getting the people out uh, again, but people are glad to come out too because they they love the live music, and, I, and I'm, I'm noticing that. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of like for me, it's kind of like I ain't gonna say it's about starting out over because, like you said, I've been out here a long time. But the thing about the music business and what I know is that, oh yeah, I know him. Oh yeah, Chris Beard's great. Oh yeah, but uh, w when's the last time he had a record out? You know what you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So so you have to stay current. You have to stay current. You have to stay out there. You have to stay out there and do it. I mean, I tell people a lot of times, all y'all think, y'all just look at the artist on the stage and think that that's it. No, 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 no. It's much more to it than that. You know, it's, it's the business side of it. Um, you know, it's the grind on the road, you know, um, and, you know, and all of that. You know what I mean? And, and it takes a lot of work. Um, to get there, like for instance, I get the playlist and stuff with my songs being played. Now it's all about, okay, find out where I'm getting the most airplay at, where my most listeners at. I mean, I got, I think I got like, uh, Sally said I had like 30 million on Spotify. Well, that's my biggest followers on Spotify, but that was before the record. That's in Brazil. <laughs> you know, so. You know, so you got to go, you, you know, you got to go where the money at. You got to watch that. And that's why <laughs> you can't just do it all on your own. I mean, you need to have management. You need to have social media. You need to have a, a team behind you um, in, in order to make the beast truly successful with this. Now, you had mentioned Spotify and having all of those listeners, and that's, you know, that is kind of a, a catch-22 for a lot of independent artists because, all right, you do have access to a worldwide market, but the revenue from streaming does not equal what we used to get from even just selling CDs off the stage, you know, on no, tour, you know, and it's getting a little harder to even sell those CDs anymore because... I mean, let's face it, you can't buy a CD player in a computer, you can't buy one in a car, you can't even go to Best Buy and buy one. So once that hardware is gone, the software is pretty close behind. <clears throat> so we have to look at the future and see what's going on here. And one of the big yeah. issues that I'm finding is that the consumer no longer looks at recorded music as a product. It's not something to buy anymore. It's it's a rental. Um, how has that how has that affected you? Well, well, what I'm starting to do is put um, on, on on a USB drive, uh, put the music on that, and and I can sell it at, for the cost of a CD, and then a person can put that into their car. And you get a lot of, and you know, I don't know. I just the other night a guy asked me, "Oh, when you guys coming out with vinyl?" So we got a lot of people that's doing the vinyl again, and that's liking the vinyl. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, not a whole lot, but you know, every time I go someplace, I get more and more people that are asking about it. You know what I mean? So, 
you know, we you, you got to do the best. You have to find a way to get around it. Like I said, you can use the drive, and you can sell it like sell them like that. Um, you can uh, you could after each show, uh, you can sell you can sell video of of your whole show um, to people. You know, we have to find a way to to get around it and get with it. Um, I mean, but but you know, like I know that. I mean, when you go to festivals and the people that come to to the blues festivals, when they come there and they're on this blues fest tour of blues festivals, they come prepared to buy CDs or albums. They just do. You know what I mean? I mean, may not be a whole lot, but in the club scene anymore. But right now for festivals. That's what people come, you know. That's part of their budget. You right. know what I mean? To to buy CDs, and you know what? And I think that, um, and and some people in their homes they have them, and you know. So you got to go with the flow. You have to go flow. And the bottom line with it, Richard, is that the CD these days is is just your calling card to get exposure and to get gigs point blank that, that's what it is you know what I mean uh, it's just a calling card that's what your CD is right. like you said everybody ain't buying them but you still need to do one you know um, and uh, find a way to get the word out to them you know so you gotta do your best and then you know and then um, record companies there you know they you know they start they doing the digital stream and and all of that stuff like that. So, um, still out there. I mean, but you know, I'm gonna tell you, uh, one of my highest selling CDs and songs, you won't believe it, is off my very first CD. Now, maybe that'll change now that this CD is out, but Richard, I'm telling you, that damn Bar Walking CD. That damn thing paid like a slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Man, listen, I done had JSP, I seen where they were selling it online. That's the record company in, in London. They were selling it for $160. Wow, okay. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, that was my first CD. It was a collector item. I got a nomination for that CD. And 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 the song, one of the songs on it, uh, all night long, is rated one of the best blues songs of all time. And I mean, for me, it, it's like a it's a very simplistic song. You know what I mean? It, it didn't take a whole lot to write it. And the music is not it's, it's a blues. It's blues. You know, you got a little turnaround. You know, on the turnaround when you turn around, nothing fancy, but look different. People love that, man. I like the show I did Friday night. You guys said, play all night long. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? So, you yep. never know what people like, man, and uh, what's going to stick in their head, you know? Yep, I agree. Now, you know, um, when the pandemic hit, you know, we all jumped onto the internet and, you know, we started doing live streaming and, you know, as the the weeks turned into months, we started buying new cameras and new microphones and started getting a little better at it. Um, and right. then when the months turned into years, 
we real some artists started to realize that they needed to up the game a little bit and they started to put up content as you know almost like a reality show where they were putting up you know their hobbies their their kids their animals their you know pets and barnyard animals or whatever the case may be i think mindy abar does a a virtual uh uh, wine and and food thing with her husband, uh, you know, and and it's become a whole thing here with content creation. And if you really think about it, the the fan base out there is very acclimated to that raw, authentic kind of content. They really want that. They enjoy that kind of content because we've been hit with reality shows for almost thirty years. Um, right. What are some of the things that you are doing utilizing you know creation of content and social media to kind of uh, let your fans know that this is coming down the pike well I, I don't know for me i'm you know i'm kind of you know i got a social media person and i'm just you know i'm you know and i'm not that technical savvy so i'm I, i'm i'm open for all the ideals and any content and anything that i could do by performing uh for the people on the air, uh, trying to stay in touch on my social media regularly, communicating with the fans, uh, try to make keep my pages and, and act active. Um, you know, for right now, um, you know what I mean. And so I'm open to whatever it takes to draw my people to that, to my music, because it's all about my music for me. So I'm probably not going to stretch out too far away from my music and uh, and my career and playing the guitar and all of that. I'm probably not going to come up with a whole lot of content other than just that because that's what it's about for me. Um, so, you know. Okay. Now, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's it's always a pleasure to have you on. And and uh, we're going to give everyone out there an Indie Blues double shot from Chris's new release. You guys are going to love this. You know what? Turn it up loud. So wrong 
the light shine from the morning My eyes feel a burning strain A tidal wave of emotion Rushes down upon my face You pull a chair out from under Underneath my heart of stone into pieces shattered my happy home now I'm sitting in a room with no more broken down floor now I'm all alone in my house of shame got no protection from the driving pain in my All along I knew the answers Kept it from you cause of greed It wasn't for the money or the pleasure was just for my ego to feed Now I'm sitting in a room With no more broken down walls Now I'm all alone In my house of shame Got no protection From the driving pain
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Make you shout now, honey. Gonna make. 